So all the praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one that there's none that has the right to be worshipped except Him, who has bestowed upon us blessings and abundance, those blessings that are inward and outward. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ صَلَوَاتُ اللَّهِ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِ And we bear witness, or I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is alone without having any partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad ibn Abdullah, that he is his servant and his messenger. To proceed, Ikhwan, فنواصل معكم في هذه الليلة المباركة الكريمة عونا من الرحمن الرحيم. So we continue in this blessed noble night of ours, in the eighth and the sixth of our Lord, the most merciful and the most compassionate. مستفيدين من علم الفقه من علم الفقه. As we continue to learn <coughs> from the science of al-fiqh, from the science of al-fiqh. فَتَمُرُّ عَلَيْنَا يَا إِخْوَانَ مَسْأَلَةُ جَمْعِ الصَّلَاةِ بِنِسْبَةِ إِلَى الْمَطَرِ بِنِسْبَةِ إِلَى الْمَطَرِ So the issue, ya Ikhwan, has come, uh, the issue of combining the salah and the rain. جَمْعُ الصَّلَاةِ فِي الْمَطَرِ Combining the prayer in the rain. فالعلماء يا إخوان يختلفون إلى عدة أو في عدة أقوال في عدة أقوال. The scholars of Islam, past and present, they have differed into a few different positions. A few different positions. فقال بعضهم يا إخوان الجمع في المطر في أي مطر كان إذا يكون خفيفا أو شديدا. The first opinion that some scholars they hold is that you can bind the prayer no matter what type of rain it is. If it's drizzling, if it's heavy, if it's light, it doesn't matter. You can bind the salah. That's one opinion. And لمدة قصيرة يسيرة ثم تركها. فلعل هذا القول الإمام مالك رحمه الله تعالى. Another opinion that the people of knowledge they have is that the messenger of Allah used to combine for a small, brief period of time in the rain, and then after that he left it off. ولم يرجع إليه. And he did not do so again. And he did not do so again. And that's the statement of Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala. وَالْقَوْلُ الثَّالِثِ In the third opinion, يَخْوَانْ وَلَعَلَّ هَذَا أَقْرَبُ وَاللَّهُ عَالَمُ And the third opinion, and perhaps this is the strongest opinion, إِذَا مَثَلًا الْمَطْرُ يَكُونُ شَدِيدًا وَفِيهِ حَرَجُ وَصُعُوبًا فَلَا بَسْ إِذَا الْعَبْدُ الْمُسْلِمُ الْمُسَلِّ يَجْمَعْ بَيْنَا and the third opinion, and perhaps this is the strongest opinion, that it is okay to combine if the rain is severe. If the rain is severe and there's a, a difficulty. And there's a difficulty. But if the rain is light or small or brief or drizzly, I can say that, drizzling, and the person combines, then the question is, why are you combining? If there's no need, there's no haja, methylen to do so, then what are you combining for? 
في الجمع في إنزال المطر في الجماعة ليس في البيوت وهذا القول Another position is that you only can combine in the masajid You can't combine مثلا in the houses You only can combine in the masajid والقول الآخر لا بس أن يجمع إذا الإمام يرى أن الجمع في المطر من السنة Another opinion is that you only can combine if the imam ماذا sees it to be a sunnah Then you can combine At any rate, إخوان, العلماء يختلفون The scholars, they differ The scholars, they differ القول الأصوب والأقرب والله أعلم كما قلنا الذي يجمع عندما يرى المطر شديدا وفيه صعوبة والحرج فلا بأس بذلك هذا الأقرب والله أعلم As we mentioned the strongest opinion appears to be you can combine if the rain is a difficulty if there is a need to do so أحيانا النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام صلى الصلاة على المنبر والصحابة صلوا خلفه كانوا أو كان على المنبر نبيه one of the narrations, the Messenger of Allah offered the salah upon the minbar, and the companions were praying upon the earth behind him. And then after that, he said, I did this so that you would learn and see my prayer. صلى النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام يوما كاملا الظهر والعصر والمغرب والعشاء في الجمع ليس تقصيرا في الجمع One of the narrations that comes in the sunan The Messenger of Allah prayed the whole day And he combined ظهر والعصر and مغرب والعشاء Not shortening the prayer but joining the prayer together And he said فعلت هذا لتعلموا لا حرج في الدين وكما قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام He said I did this so you will know there's no difficulty in the religion. فلذلك قال بعض العلماء الجمع في المطر ليس إذا المطر يكون خفيفة لا إذا يكون المطر شديدا وفيه حرج وصعوبة كما قلنا. So many scholars they use the likes of this position of the Prophet. I did this so you will know there's no difficulty in the religion. So some scholars they say as we mentioned when the rain is coming down it's not any time it rains. Sometimes you see the Muslims. Anytime it rains, let's combine. Anytime it rains, let's combine. And the question is, why are you combining it? What's the difficulty? Where's the hardship? So many scholars, they say, Juan, that it's okay to combine. However, if mother, if the rain is severe, if there's some difficulty. The rain in the Muslim world, in Mecca, for, for example, is different than the rain somewhere else. When it rains there, it's difficult. Al-Musafaha, al-Safaru, al-Dhahab, wa-Rujoo'ah, fi-Shawari, yakunu sa'aban jiddan. And the rain there, in the streets, is hard. There's floods and this, and it's hard to go and come back. It's hard. There's a difficulty. In Yemen, in the Muslim world, it's different. But if it's raining and it's light, uh, it doesn't appear that that's, you have the honor to combine the Ikhwan. Allah ta'ala wa'alam. فماذا يصنع العبد إذا يكون في الجماعة هو لا يرى أن السنة الجمع في المطر لكن الجماعة يرون أن الجمع سنة ماذا يصنع What does the Muslim do if you're in a congregation you're in a masjid and you don't see that it's sufficient to combine but the congregation does What do you do You're in a masjid مثلا where masjid salam where the masjid I can't pronounce IGKC GC, or we at Taqwa, or we at Huda, or we at uh, Anas, or we at Khay, we at any masjid in Man, fi hadihi dawla, any masjid in this state, ya ikhwan. Wa nahnu la nara fi inzal al-matar, idha ya al-matar yakunu khafifa, al-jam'i min al-sunnah. And we don't see if the rain is light that we combine. But the jama'ah does. Most of the Muslims do. What do you do? Follow. Join them. You join them. Wa hadha al-awla. To join them is better. What intention do you make? What niyyah do you make? What do you do? You join them. What's your niyyah? Because of the different. Huh? Hey, sunnah. You don't see 
that it's a sunnah to combine anytime it rains. But the congregation you're at, they do. So to them, they have an excuse. To you, it's not a suitable excuse. So if you pray this salah, you're praying it out of time. So to you, this salah wouldn't be correct. Wouldn't be correct. To them, it would be. So anta tanwi nawafil or sunnah. So you make your intention. This is a sunnah salah. If you're praying, for example, Lord Asr, and they join together between these two prayers. They have an excuse in their opinion. You don't see this is correct. You don't see this to be a sunnah. So if you pray asr here with them, then you pray asr before the time. So it's more honorable, Allah Alam, that you make your intentions for the nawafil. Then when the Asr time comes, you pray the Asr. Perhaps one of the brothers amongst us, one of the sisters, doesn't see that to be a sunnah. As we mentioned, some scholars differ. Some say it has to be severe. It's a condition, not any rain. And that's a strong position. So somebody from amongst us may not have prayed the Isha with us. Because to him, it's not time to pray Isha yet. So he makes his intention, nawafil. But he should pray with the congregation. You always stick with the congregation. And that's better, Wallah, unless they're doing something that's not correct. But if it's something that's allowed, inshallah ta'ala, then it's better to make the al-jama' that you join the congregation. That's always better. Allah Alam. Anyone else here? Fadl al-Shaykh. You may benefit, man. Who makes that decision, Shaykh? Sometimes the imam is pressured to... No. No. That's a good point, Yaqwan. Sometimes the Imams, the teachers, the Madarisun, the Imma, or the, the Idara, they are pressured, Yaqwan. And it's not correct. That's why sometimes it's even hard to be an Imam of a Masjid, to be a teacher of a Masjid, to be on the ministration. Sometimes you may have a position. This happened to me when I was in Florida. You may have a position that you, you, you know is wrong. But if I say it, I'm not going to remain there. They're not going to hire you back. You're not gonna, they're not going to renew. That happens. So if your iman is not strong, your taqwa is not strong, your tawakkul ala Allah ta'ala laysa kawiya, your dependence upon Allah is not strong, and you're going to go however the wind blows, for example. So that's a strong point, yeah. Sometimes you're a pressure. You may not see it's a sunnah to pray when it rains if it's light. But you know the brothers are going to get offended. The sisters are going to get offended. The administration may get offended. This may get offended. So you tend to make, uh, to make you, you tend to like water down. And that's dangerous, yeah. It's upon everyone. Al-Mudarrisun, wal-ulama, wal-tulab al-ilmi, wal-du'ati Allah ta'ala, and yatawakkalu Allah. It's upon the students, the scholars, the teachers, the administrations. The first and foremost, you have the dependence upon Allah. إِذَا تَتَكَلَّمْ بِالْحَقِّ يُحِبُّهُ مَنْ يُحِبُّهُ وَيَقْرَهُ مَنْ يَقْرَهُ فَأَنْتَ لَا تِبَّالِ If you're speaking the truth and you know what's the truth, then like it who like it, hate it who hates it, and you shouldn't feel offended, ya khuan. You're not trying to offend no one. You're trying to clarify the sunnah of the Messenger, I remember one of the best questions one of the brothers here asked me when I first came. He said, مثلاً, إِذَا نُسَلِّ فِي الْجَمَاعَةِ وَالْإِمَامِ سَيَقْرَأُ آيَةً فِيهِ السَّجْدَةِ هَلْ أَوَّلَ لَهُ أَنْ يُنَبِّهَا الْجَمَاعَةِ قَبْلَ الصَّلَاةِ أو بعد الصلاة. هذا سؤال جميل. One of the brothers asked a beautiful question. He says, you're leading the salah and the imam intends to recite a surah that has a sajda in it. A surah that has a sajda position in it. 
would it be better for him to tell the brothers and the sisters before he prays, inshallah, we intend to recite this ayah, it has a sajda, so when we make the sajda, that's just a sajda, it's nothing new, it's not a bid'ah. Would that be better to do before the salah or after the salah? Manuji, that's a beautiful question. Who can answer your After salah. After salah, you agree? You don't have to. You can continue. You don't have to make the such that. Anyone else? Better before. Better before. Before. Better. After. Either or. Either or. Before the salah Before the salah is easier. Easier. Lakin ma'fa'al nabi. وما فعل أبو بكر وما فعل عمر وما فعل عثمان وما فعل علي ما هو ما هي السنة؟ However, what did the Messenger of Allah do? What did Abu Bakr do? What did Umar do? What did Uthman do? What did Ali do? What's the Sunnah? Before, do you find the narration when the Messenger of Allah is about to recite an ayah that he knows has a sajda that he stops and informs the Muslims? The answer is no. Question number two. لماذا? Why didn't the Messenger of Allah do that? Allah, we don't have no proof why he didn't do it that way. The wisdom is with him. We don't have no narrations that show why the Prophet did it that way. However, he informed the people not before. The brothers are going to say, What about if this sister in another room? Like our masjid here. And they can't see. They may not know when the posture. Suppose you're in the back. You don't know when the posture. That's a good question also. However, the Messenger of Allah still didn't do it that way. Another benefit. When do you say Allahu Akbar when you make the prostration of sujood? It's easier to every time you go up and down, you say Allahu Akbar. It's easier. You're going to prostrate, you say Allahu Akbar, prostrate. You stand up, Allahu Akbar, lakin, hadha laysa min sunnah. But that's not from the sunnah of the Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam. Kayfa fa'ala nabi, how did the Prophet do it? Kana yaqra'u, thumma sajada, thumma qama, wa wasala, biduni takbir, biduni takbir. How did the Prophet do it? Wala uridikum abadan ya khuan an ta'khudu qawli, kama qultu lakum qabalu, hadha laysa islami. أنا لم تعلمت هكذا ولا أعلم هكذا هذا ليس إسلامي أريدكم أن تبحثوا أريدكم أن تبحثوا as I mentioned and we mentioned and we mentioned and we hope that we still we keep mentioning we don't want no one to just take our words يا إخوان that's not our religion that's not our Islam we didn't learn that way nor do we teach that way يا إخوان we want the brothers and the sisters to do the research look at those أحاديث and you'll see exactly what the scholars they say the Messenger of Allah used to recite when he came across an ayah that had a sajda, he did not say Allahu Akbar. For whatever reason. He did not say Allahu Akbar. You look at Bukhari, you look at Muslim, you look at the Muqtah, you don't find that the Prophet said Allahu Akbar. You don't find it. You find that he said, that they say about him, sajda, he prostrated. Waqama, and he stood up. And he continued reciting usually. Likewise, for suffer when you're traveling, I give you a, a good one. ماذا نصنع وماذا يصنع المسافر الذي يؤم الذي يؤم الناس في الصلاة وهو يصلي ثلاثيا أو رباعيا. What does the Imam do who's traveling? And he's praying a three rakah, or he's praying a four rakah salah. No, he's praying a four rakah salah. What does he do? The Imam that's traveling. What does he do? He shortens. Right. When does the Imam tell the Jama'ah? This is a great one. When does the Imam tell the Jama'ah? I'm traveling. I'm, I'm only going to pray two raka'ah. We're supposed to pray four. But since I'm traveling, I'm going to pray two. When I pray my two, you stand up and finish your salah. Does he tell them this before or after? Before Aisar is easier. Mafa'ala Nabi, Umafa'ala Abu Bakr, Umafa'ala Umar, Umafa'ala Uthman, Umafa'ala Ali. What did the Messenger of Allah do? 
What did Abu Bakr do? What did Umar do? What did Uthman do? What did Ali do? It's easier we're traveling right now. We say, Ikhwan, we're going to pray Isha. However, since we're traveling, we're going to pray two raka'ah. When we give our salams, stand up and complete your salah. That makes sense. That makes sense. You're going to see something different. When you see this, don't be alarmed. Continue your salah. That makes sense. Islam is not about sins, Ikhwan. Alhamdulillah. How did the Prophet do it? For whatever reason, don't take my word, go back to the hadith. The Messenger of Allah, the Prophet did not inform the people before the prayer. Why not? We don't have the reason, we don't have the narration to say, why didn't the Prophet do it this way? Why did he do it? We don't have all those narrations. Some of them don't reach us. At any rate, the Messenger of Allah gave his salams after praying two raka'ah. And then he told the people, after the salah, he said, The Prophet made his salah, shortened it, gave his salams, and the first thing he would say was, complete your prayer. For verily we are people who are traveling. Somebody's going to say, am I allowed to tell the people before? Yes, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to do that. Is it a sunnah? No. Is it better? No. If it was better, the Messenger of Allah would have did so. So all these points are to show you, Ikhwan, that sometimes the people may differ. It's from the sunnah to always keep the jama'ah. The sisters are praying in jama'ah, mathalan. Aina taqumu imamatuhun. I'll give you another good one. The women are praying in congregation. Our beloved sisters leading the salah. Where does she stand? In the front, like the men. That's one opinion. In the middle of the jama'ah, that's another opinion. Behind? Huh? Behind the jama'ah. Now we have a new opinion. <laughs> she prays behind the jama'ah. We'll give the first popular ones. She prays as the men pray, in the front. Or she stays in the row. Where do they get she stays in the middle from? Aisha. When she led the, the women there, they mentioned Aisha led the salah like that. Nabi. What did the Prophet of Allah do? He stayed in the front. We're commanded to follow who? The Messenger. That's what Aisha understood. No problem. It's better that you follow the Messenger That's the strongest for the sisters. However, the sisters are praying. And she is the only one that takes that position. To, to settle the people, she says, okay, I'll do what you wish. I'll do what Aisha did. Here, it'll be better for her to do that. To keep the peace, to keep the unison, to keep the jama'ah. There's nothing wrong with any Right? A sunnah that you don't see in America at all. And I'm not telling you to do this. It's a sunnah. That you clean your shoes. You have your, mashallah, new shoes on. They're clean. And you come in and pray with your slippers on. That's the sunnah of the Messenger. If it causes some harm. In America nowadays, somebody will fight you. If you walk on the masjid with your shoes on. I just got my Michael Jordans. Mashallah. I'm ready to shoot some hoops with Zaid and the brothers. Omar, alhamdulillah. I'm ready. Tayyip. So now, I got my Michael Jordans on. Soon as you walk in, hey, 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 somebody's going to argue. I guarantee you. So it's going to cause a commotion. Maybe we don't do that sunnah. No problem. Maybe we increase our knowledge first, teach those hadith, and then later on, we do that. No problem, ikhwan. The point is that you keep the jama'ah. You always keep the unisense of the jama'ah together. As long as it's not something that's haram. If it's something that's allowed, we're traveling. Before you travel, it's recommended to have a what? For the group. Hey, to have an amir, a leader of the group. We're about to go to New York. We're going to go to Minnesota and visit the Muslims there, mashallah ta'ala. Our sheikh is visiting from Minnesota. We're going to go visit Minnesota, inshallah. All those nice communities there, alhamdulillah. Sit in some classes, get some knowledge, go to the bookstore, get the nice Somalian bread that we love so much. Tayyip. So one brother wants to go get fish. 
Another brother wants to go and get chicken. So we divide the jama'ah. No. The sun is that we always stay together. It comes back to who is in charge. We say, Umar, you're the leader of the jama'ah. You want to get chicken or rice? He says, I want to get fruit. So now we get fruit. It's better to stay together. Some brother says, hey, I'm going to go get chicken. I don't care what nobody says. I'm going to go get fish. I don't care what nobody says. He's disobeying the command of the Messenger going against the leadership and he's dividing the Muslims. If the Muslims are traveling and we come to a masjid, we go to Huda, we're traveling from far away. And then this brother sits over there, that brother sits over there, this brother sits over there. That's hated to do. It's recommended to stay together. It's always recommended to stay together. That's soon of the Messenger The Muslims are always united. Not upon color, not upon skin, not upon language, not upon ethnicity, not upon race, not upon land. No, upon la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. That's what I would say, wallahu alam. May Allah bless you all, ya khur. Tayyid, nabda bi dars. Tayyid, let's take some benefit, inshallah. Father Shaykh. Question. Is someone about the rain? Huh? So most of the time, like, when you rain here, you take it easy, you just combine the salat. No. See, when you order it, combine the salat, already you're very now. Now that happens also to you. So now when you do combine sometimes, especially if you combine because the rain was light and you take the position that anytime it rains you can combine. Most of the time in 10 minutes the rain is dahaba, the rain left. Now the Isha comes, what do you do now? So later, you don't have to pray again. You never have to repeat the salah you just prayed, ever. You only pray once. You never have to repeat the salah unless there's something to say that salah laysat sahiha, laysat maqbula mathalan. Unless there's something to say that salah is not accepted. So layna mathalan, wadanantu ana fi tahara. I just prayed and I thought I was in tahara. Alhamdulillah. Thumma ba'ad al waqt, astahdiru annani kuntu muhtajan ila tahara. Yaqeenan, laysa shakkan, yaqeenan. Fa'alaya an'u'idha al-wudu wa an'u'idha as-salah. Then after some time, you remember, ah, I did break my wudu, I did. Not doubtfully, no, with certainty. I remember breaking my wudu. Now, I have to go pray again. So you don't pray the same salah ever, multiple times. So you prayed in the jama'ah, because the, in the rain we combine. Then it stops raining and then it's time for Isha. You don't have to pray Isha again, you already prayed it. If the brothers come and they pray Jama'ah and you want to get extra al ajar and you want to pray with them, Alhamdulillah. You make your intentions for the Nawafi, but you never pray the same Salah again. Yeah. So you pray the Isha already in the Jama'ah, the new Jama'ah comes, we're having a class. Now another group comes who didn't combine with us. They stand to make Isha. You're going to sit on the sideline. Left. It's better to always. That's a principle. It's better to always be together. Now if you left, you don't have to come back and pray with them. That's different. But if you're in the masjid and they already pray, you pray with them, and the second jama'ah comes at the Isha time, and they're about to establish the obligatory, obligatory salah for them. So we're going to sit on the side. Talking about whatever we're talking about. No. Either we left before they came or we're gonna join them and make our intentions the no Father. Yeah, if you make your intention and left, you pray or only two. That's up to you. If the, the strongest opinion would be whatever the Imam prays, pray with them. But you're praying nawafil. If you wish, there's nothing to say that that's haram on you. It'd be better to pray with the Imam is praying because you're following the Imam. Come call Nabi Imama. As the Messenger of Allah used to say, the Imam has been placed there in order for him to be followed. Narrated by Abu Hurairah and Anas. However, say he's praying three or he's praying two, and you wanted to pray more than that, then you can stand up and continue. Allah Let's take some benefit here, Quran. And may Allah bless you all. Our beloved brother says, can we ask a question also? If you're traveling and the masjid is praying Isha and you still have to pray Maghrib, what do you do? If you get to the masjid there and they're in the Maghrib, 
uh, Isha, and you have to pray your Maghrib, then you should pray with them. And you make your intentions for the Maghrib. You make your intentions for the Maghrib. And then when you finish your Maghrib, you stand up and try to catch the Isha with the Imam. Wallahu And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Taib, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Qala al-Imam Sa'adiyyur Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Babu al-Aniya. New chapter. Chapter of the utensils. Chapter of the utensils. Using the utensils. وَالْمَقْصُودُ هُنَا فِي الطَّعَامِ وَالشُرَابِ And the intent here, or you can say the vessels, is using the utensils while you're eating and drinking. قَالَ وَجِمِعْ الْأَوَانِ مُبَاحًا He says, all of the vessels, all of the type of cups and the plates and the likes are all allowed. They are lawful. Except, it's a principle of one in fiqh. All of the awani, all of the vessels, the utensils, cups, plates, glasses, silverware, plasticware, are all allowed. All of them are allowed. Except vessels of pure gold. And utensils and vessels of pure silver. Now the some scholars differ here. Asadi says, and those vessels that have some parts of gold in them, or some parts of silver in them. It may not be total gold. The sis they go to sometimes they go to the walaim, the walima, or someone's getting married or the likes. A wedding party or a henna party. The Somali women, they have that a lot. Somebody's getting married. Mashallah, they do the henna. Pakistan, most Muslim countries do that. Yemen is really popular there also. Saudia. So, you see silverware, and it's not Ausliyan. It's not pure gold all the way. But it has some gold in it. it has some gold in it. Some scholars say, as a Saudi says here, and you should stay away from that also. If it has a little bit of gold, pure gold, even if it's not all 100% pure gold, or it has some pure silver in it. Then you should stay away from that. Other scholars say it has to be pure gold, all of it, and pure silver, all of it. I think you said already, but is this utensils for eating? Utensils for eating. Eating and drinking. No. قَالَ إِلَّا الْيَسِيرُ مِنَ الْفِضَّةِ لِلْحَاجَةِ Unless there's a need to do so. If there's a need in the utensils, say you go to restaurants, this happens a lot, and they give you the silverware, and it's real silver. The strongest opinion is that you shouldn't use that type of silverware. That's pure silver. There's some prohibitions in our religion that comes using silverware and utensils that's pure gold and pure silver. Now, if it's that fake silver or fake gold, that's different. It has to be pure the hub and pure silver. Some scholars say the whole utensil has to be 100%. Some say even if it's a little bit, you should stay away from it. As he says, except if there's a need for it. It's a dire need that this is all you can use and, you, and there's nothing else. And many scholars say no problem with that. Based upon the hadith of the Messenger, and it's hadith number one for tonight's class here. And it's collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim in Hadith Hudayfa. It's collected by Bukhari and Muslim from the narration of Hudayfa. the Messenger of Allah said, La tashrabu, do not drink from the vessels out of gold. If you have a cup or a glass and it's pure gold, there's a prohibition to drink from that gold vessel. Or, or and rather, the vessels or the utensils of silver. La ta'kulu fi suhafiha, and do not eat 
from the plates of gold, nor from the plates of silver, pure gold and pure silver. For is for them in this worldly life, meaning the disbelievers, the non-Muslims. And it's for you, Muslims, in the hereafter. Collected by Bukhari and Muslim. In Bukhari, Hadith Bukhari's wording is Hadith number 5426. 5426. And Muslims narration, Hadith number 2,067. You mentioned the hadith, the whole thing with the like, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تشربوا في آنية الذهب والفضة لا تشربوا في آنية الذهب والفضة Do not drink in those vessels of gold nor the vessels of silver. Do not drink in the gold vessels, nor the silver vessels. وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا فِي صِحَافِهَا Nor eat from their plates, meaning the gold plates and the silver plates. وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا فِي صِحَافِهَا And do not eat from its plates, or their plates, meaning the gold plates, and the silver plates. فَإِنَّهَا لَهُمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا فَبَرَلِي It is for them in this worldly life. وَلَكُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ And it's for you in the hereafter. We benefit from this hadith, Ikhwan. Benefit number one. That the dunya lil kuffar. Benefit number one. And it's important, Ikhwan. The life of this world is for the non Muslim, the disbeliever. The non-Muslim. And the life of the hereafter is for the believers. This is not our life, Ikhwan. This is a, a test for the Muslims. This is not our life, Ikhwan. Benefit number one, this life is the life of the non-Muslim, the disbeliever. And the hereafter is the life of the believer. هذه الحياة أو العيش عيش هذه الحياة ليست عيش هذه الحياة للكفار. This life is for the disbeliever, the non-Muslim. وعيش الآخرة للمسلمين للمؤمنين والمحسنين. And the life of the hereafter is the life of the Muslim, the believer, the Muslim. This is not our life, Ikhwan. This is just a test. Our life, our goal is the Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Jannah is the Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reminding us of the hadith of Abu Hurairi, Ikhwan. Qa'an Nabi alayhi sallatu salam. The Messenger of Allah said, This worldly life is the prison for the believer. It's the prison. And it's the Jannah, the paradise, the garden 
for the disbeliever. Our sentence, Shaykh. May Allah bless you. And that's just as the Messenger of Allah said, This life is not our life, but rather it's a prison for us. No. It's a prison for us, One of our sisters had their hand up in the back. The, the prohibition of drinking from gold vessels. The prohibition of drinking from vessels of gold. The prohibition of drinking from gold vessels. Athalithatu, benefit number three. An nahiyu an yashraba fi aniyati al fiddha. Benefit number three. The prohibition of drinking. From silver vessels. Sometimes you go to restaurants and their cups are from dhahab asli or pure gold cups. It's not allowed to drink from those cups. Unless there's a necessity, a need to do so. But generally, it's not allowed. Gold or silver. Gold or silver. Arabi'atu, benefit number four. Annahiyu an yakula al-Muslimu fi sahifatin min dhahab. Benefit number four: the prohibition for the Muslim to eat upon pure gold plates. Pure gold plates, not just cups, but the plates also. And benefit number five, the prohibition for the Muslim to eat off of pure silver plates. The point here is pure gold, not taqlidi, not the imitation gold, not like that. It has to be pure gold. Or pure silver. If it's fake silver, no problem. If it's fake gold, no problem. Once again, the hadith is in the Bukhari and Muslim in Hadith Hudayfa. The hadith is collected by Bukhari and Muslim. Narrated by Hudayfa. Narrated by Hudayfa. What was the reason that the Prophet mentioned? Yahuwah? Not why did the Prophet forbid eating uh, and drinking from vessels of gold and silver? The hikmah of Allah and His Messenger here, but you have a, 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 a glimpse of it in this hadith. Because he says, uh, uh, those who that they use that's, uh, in this word, that's Here, and the Dhakar al In this hadith, the Prophet mentioned the reason. As he says, So it's for them, the disbeliever in this life. They can have the silver, they can have the gold, they can have, alhamdulillah. They can have, what else can we can eat or do, ya khwan, here? They can have silk. One of the brothers said, what's the prohibition about silk? I like silk, it's comfortable, it looks nice. What's the issue, ya khi? The Messenger of Allah said that the silk is for you in the Jannah. And it's for the disbeliever in the hereafter. That's the reason. Sometimes we have narrations that give us the illa, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have an aberration that teaches the reason, sometimes we don't. Why did the Messenger of Allah, when you make the wudu, he was to make the mas, you know, wipe over his khuf, the zahir, the top part of the khuf, not the bottom, the top part. We don't have knowledge of the reason why. He never told us why I'm wiping over the top and not wiping over the bottom. We don't have that. What's the reason of placing your yumna al-yusra fi salah? Why? The reason. 
Why are you placing your right over your left on the prayer? Why? We don't have knowledge of that reason. Why do we bow before we make sajda? Why not prostrate first and then sajda? Why not prostrate, then stand, and then bow, and then sit? Allah We don't have knowledge of that wisdom, Yaqo. Some of those wisdoms there, one of the brothers, he asked a question to me today, coming to the masjid tonight. Some scholars said, Sheikh Fawzan is the most knowledgeable scholar of the Hanbali Madhab. What do you say about that? He said, Ya Ikhwan, man nafi'u mithla hadhi al-sawa. Man nafi'u mithla We say, firstly, what's the benefit of the likes of that? Either there's no benefit at all. In my opinion, this shakes the most memorized. In my opinion, this shakes the most memorized. Who is that going to benefit in reality? Either there's no benefit at all. That's my opinion, that's your opinion. One of the best explainers I've ever read, I've never met him, is Sheikh Udaymi. If a scholar explained the book and he explained that book, Usually, the benefits he shared is way more, way more. So I say, he's one of the best explainers I've ever heard or read. That's my opinion. Who does that benefit, Ikhwan? Somebody says, the brothers that play basketball. One of my favorites, Michael Jordan is the number one. And then Kobe, I think they play and Kobe out. I think he's number two. That's just my opinion. Someone says, hey, no, 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 my cousin. Oh, LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. I say, I think he's overrated. I think he's overrated. He's just strong and bigger. When he spins, he knocks you out the way. He don't really have no moves. Alhamdulillah. That's my opinion, Yaqon. Who is that going to benefit? Either has no benefit or the benefit is small. So I don't like when the Muslims, we enter ourselves into the likes of these debates. And not only the base, they're the base of no benefit, Yaqon. The base of no benefit. Or the benefit is small. So this Shaykh. He says, Shaykh Al-Bani is the most knowledgeable of hadith. Alhamdulillah. This other Shaykh, he says, the Ahmed Shakir is. Alhamdulillah. That's his opinion. That's his opinion. Alhamdulillah. Who is that going to benefit? One of the greatest scholars I ever heard is the big Shaykh. You might say I'm biased. That's okay. Is the big Shaykh from Somalia. Shaykh Mukbul Shaykh. Shaykh Abdullah uh, al-Somali. Abu Abdullah, Abu, Abu Abdullah Muhammad al-Sumali, Hafizullah Ta'ala, one of the biggest scholars we're going to study about in hadith. Perhaps some of you heard about him years ago. This man was an ayah from the ayah of Allah. Memorized every hadith book out. Hold it. Hey, it's a lot of them. There's another sheikh in my opinion, just died some years ago. You may say I'm biased also. He's also from Africa. The sheikh Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Adam Ethiopi, Rahim Allah Ta'ala. Some say even bigger than the first shaykh. This man memorized everything out. Allahu Akbar. Bukhari, Muslim, Mawatta, Imam Malik, Nasai, Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi. One man. And explained them. Writing. The first shaykh didn't explain. He taught them. Like we do verbally. The second shaykh, Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Adam, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, he wrote explanation in one life. You'll be amazed. He explained Bukhari, 20-something volumes. One old man, Rahim Allah. Then he came back and explained Muslim, 40-something volumes. Not teaching it verbally, no, writing them. Writing them. That's from Allah. He's not done. He's still alive, mashallah, at this time. He came back, explained Nasai, 29 volumes. Tirmidhi, four volumes, I believe, or two. Ibn Majah, two. I don't think he did Abu Dawud. He died before he finished. One man, you wouldn't even think, it's no way somebody in one life wrote all those volumes. How? How? At any rate, that's like the people of the past. Anoe was like that. Anoe. Volumes after volumes after volumes after volumes. And if we tell you how old he was when he died, we're going to have to stop the class. If you look at his works, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. He never got married. I'm not saying don't get married. Get married, Yaqwa. He didn't get married. He didn't have time for a woman. He didn't want to oppress a woman. Sometimes it's hard. You teach a lot and you write a lot and your wife is waiting for you. Hey, when am I going to get some time? Let's go shoot some hoops. You're always with the brothers. You can shoot hoops with me. At any rate, that happens, Yaqwa. You have to find time for your women. 
Mel, I'll make it easy. He didn't want to oppress no one. He says, my goal is just to study and teach and write and study and teach and write. I don't have no time for women. So he sacrificed his whole life, never got married. And he died, you can't even say it hard. He died when he was 45 years old. Unknowing. 45 years old. And you ask yourself, what are we doing here, Juan? What are we doing? 45. And not just a great scholar. Look at the works he's done. He explained almost him almost alone. You can say also maybe Al-Bayhaqi. Almost single-handedly explained the whole Shafi'i Madhab. If you really study the Shafi'i Madhab, if you really study it, and you get past the beginning books, you can't continue unless you go to Al-Nawawi and Bayhaqi. You can't continue. If you study the Shafi'i Madhab, you can't continue. You're not going to become a Shaykh in that Madhab unless you study the books of Al-Bayhaqi and the books of Al-Nawawi. They almost single-handedly Yashraha Madhab al-Imam al-Shafi'i they almost single-handedly explain a Shabi's madhab, just them two. Just them two, for example. At any rate, great Imam Zaykhwan, this big sheikh here in Africa was similar as with regards to, they asked him, Sheikh, why don't you go to university and get a degree? You know, many scholars have degrees nowadays. They said, Sheikh, why don't you go to the university and get a degree? He said, this is my shahada. My explanations of the hadith of the Messenger, this is my degree, for example. He didn't care about papers and the likes of Quran. Ta'i, let's get some more benefit, inshallah. Qala wa dhakra li illata fi nahi. Faqala fi innaha lahum fi dunya wa lakum fi al-akhirah. He says, so he mentions the reasoning of the prohibition. And the Messenger of Allah says, as Hishmatullah said, Verily it's for them in this life, and it's for you in the hereafter. We learn two principles, Every vessel and every utensil and vessels are allowed. Except for the utensils and vessels of gold and silver. That's the easiest chapter in fiqh. Two principles. All of the vessels are allowed. All the utensils are allowed except Alawani min dhahab walawani min fiddah. That's it. Next chapter. Easiest chapter you're going to study. Qala babul istinja wa adabi qada'il haja. Next chapter. Write this chapter down here, Ikhwan. Chapter of cleansing oneself and the manners of going to the bathroom. The chapter of cleansing oneself upon relieving oneself and how to go to the bathroom. The adab qada'il haja, the manners of how to go to the bathroom. Mithlu hadil abawabi akhwan yu'allimuna shumuliyyat al-islam. And al-islam yashmalu kulla amrin ma. The likes of these chapters, drinking and eating from vessels, Except from gold and silver, how to go to the hammam, how to cleanse yourself, the manners in doing this and doing that, all show madha, the beauty of Islam, the comprehensiveness of our religion. Our religion talks about everything, there's not an issue except that you find the Muslims have a text. There's not an issue except that the Muslims have a proof from their Quran and from their Sunnah. Qala Imam Sa'adi rahimahullah as Sa'adi continues Qala yustahabbu idha dakhla al-khala'a an yuqaddima rijlahu al-yusra wa yaqul Bismillah Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'ith He says is highly 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 recommended that when the person enters into the khala the place of relieving oneself he enters it with his left foot, male or female, black or white, Arab or non-white, Arab or non-Arab. He enters it with his left foot. He goes into the khala with his left foot. And he says, Bismillah, by the name of Allah, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'ith. O oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from the khubith and the khaba'ith, from the male and female jinn. 
from the male and female jinn. Well, hadithu and hadithu Anas, and the hadith is narrated by Anas. Is narrated by Anas. Both al-Bukhari and Muslim, and is collected by Bukhari and Muslim. First hadith or second hadith of tonight, I want you to write. An Anas ibn Malik wa alaikas salamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. An Anas ibn Malik. أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يقول أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يقول that the Prophet of Allah used to say بسم الله اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الخبث والخبائث the Prophet would say by the name of Allah O oh Allah, verily I seek refuge with you from the male and female jinn. From the male and female jinn. From the male and female jinn. Who can repeat the hadith here for him? Father Who else? Massey? How would you write it down? Slabas, Slabas. You can say it in English. That write it like this. The Messenger of Allah used to say, O oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from the male and female jinn. From the male and female jinn. Collected by Bukhari. And Muslim, and you can pick other than them if you wish. Almost every Imam collects his hadith. You could pick Bukhari, Muslim. How do you follow this one? When you're out, huh? When you're out, as followers, like when you're out, like right feet, go front, go front. No, when you come out, go front, okay? I know. With the right, with the right. You come out, you go in the hammam, the khala on your left. You come out on your right. No. One of our sisters can we repeat. MashaAllah. Santi. Jamila. Some of them have a'udhu, some have Allahumma, some have Bismillah. The wording is slightly different. It's also collected by one of the greatest hadith books you're going to study, Muntaq al-Akhbar, by the grandfather of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. He brings a slightly different variation. Also, some of the narrations, the word khubuth comes differently. Fi ba'di al-lafal or al and some of the wording, it says khubuth with a maskoon the skoon of the ba. And some variations say khubu bi al ba, madmum al ba. And the ba has a dhamma. So many scholars they say these are different, uh, a lot pronunciation of the word khub or khubu. No. And I believe it's a few more also variations too. Same meaning. Same meaning. No. Which one is this one? So this one here. I don't have the vowel in it. It could be khubu or khub. Khubu or khub. They, the meaning doesn't change, Ikhwan. It's like yusuf and yusuf. Or 
How many ways you could say Yusuf Yeah, Juan? I remember nine. Yusuf. Yeah, you could say the word Yusuf. All of them are Sahih, all of them. The meaning doesn't change. It's just for telephone and pronunciation. You can say Yusuf. That's how it comes. Yusuf. You could say Yusuf, Fetha. Yusuf, Kesra. Yusuf, Yusuf, Yusuf. Now, change the wow to a Hamza. Yusuf. You Sef, you Sif, six. Now take the wall away completely. Yusuf, Yusuf, Yusuf. So we have nine. All of them are correct. That's dialects in the Arabic language, therefore. Likewise, the word Ibrahim. No. Ibrahim. 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 I think it's six ways Ibrahim, Yahuan. And that's from our Sheikh Ali Rajihi. He was strong in grammar like that. He would just give you a benefit out of the blue about grammar. He also gave us a benefit, Juan. Different ways you can say Alhamdulillah. One of the ways is Alhamdulillah. Another way is Bihamdulillah. Another way is Hamdan Lillah. Alhamdulillah, Bihamdulillah, and Hamdan Lillah. Different ways in Arabic you can say certain things there, Juan. Taib Sundus, give us a benefit, inshallah, from tonight's reminder. Something you wrote. Mashallah, this life is the life of the non-Muslim, the disbeliever. And the hereafter, Yaquan, is the life of the Muslim. That he would say, Oh Allah, some narrations, Bismillah, some narrations, A'udhu Billah. All of them are authentic. Oh Allah, verily I seek refuge with you. From the male and the female jinn. طيب معنا الخبط والخبائث أذكراني والخبائث هو الإناث. The word الخبث or خبث or خبث is the male jinn and the خبائث they are the female jinn. نستفيد من هذا الحديث يا إخوان عدة أمور نذكر ثلاثة إن شاء الله. There are many benefits of this hadith. Let's mention three. Let's mention three. Istihbabu an yad'u al-musalli, an yad'u al-muslim qabla an yadukhula al-khala. Benefit number one. The recommendation to make dua before you go into the khala. You stop and you make a dua first. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubthi wal-khaba'i. Before you go in, before you relieve yourself, before you begin to go to the place of relieving, you stop and you make dua. It's highly recommended to do that. Laysa wujuban, it's not obligatory. Lakin yustahab, but it's highly, highly, highly recommended. Istihbab an yad'uwa al-abdu urabba qabla an yadkhul al-khala. It's highly recommended for the Muslim, the servant, to make dua before you go in the hammam or any place of relieving. It doesn't have to be a hammam. Wherever you go to relieve yourself, it could be we're playing ball and the brother goes far in the bushes. Tight. Before you go there to where you're going to relieve yourself, you stop and you make your dua. That's highly, highly recommended. That's for the men and the women. For the men and the women. Athania, benefit number two. Benefit number two. And the khala mawqi' lil khubuthi wal khaba'ith. Benefit number two. The, the hamamat is a place of the male and the female jinn. That they frequent places of filth. They frequent places like the khala. Places that are dirty. And filthy. They frequent those places. 
Benefit number three, and perhaps we'll stop here, that the jinn, they have males and they have females. There are male jinns and female jinns. And there are many narrations or religions to show, as this hadith here, And perhaps the Messenger of Allah is mentioning like that to show there are male jinns and female jinns. He could have said from the jinn, but it appears he's showing that there are male jinns and also female jinns. So tonight we enter into the chapter, The chapter of cleansing oneself with the water and the manners of relieving oneself. And we mentioned two ada or two manners. From the manners of relieving oneself is before you go in, you go in on your left. Another benefit or manner before you go into the qala, you make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah <laughs> Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar.